So you want to read Tolkien? We're happy to have you with us. Join us as we work our way through the Silmarillion. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. Let's dig into this week's reading. For Middle-earth. If I tried to pronounce every letter in this name, my tongue would fall out of my mouth. I mean, I am on my second giant glass of Prosecco right now. So... Sally-ho! That's what Into the West means. Let's go home. We're unqualified, but we have ideas. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's episode 10. We made it. Caitlin is also here and feels miserable. Yep. Caitlin's sick, so she's going to be really dramatic, a.k.a. the prophesier of doom. The curse of Mandos is on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. You should... You should bring that back later when they understand. They they know about the Curse of Mandos. We've talked about it, just only, like, one person has died of it. Which is really less of a curse and more of just... I do, I do actually, like, hundreds of years have gone by, and they're all like, well, let's move in. <laughs> and somebody's kind of like, ooh, the curse, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it is, I forget how much time has gone by, like... You know, Feanor pretty much showed up and died immediately, but all these other people have been chilling pretty happily for what to humans would be considered a good long time. A generation, if not more. Camping. Glamping. They're elves. They're glamping. They totally glamped. (laughs) (laughs) So this is chapter 14 of Beleriand and its realms, and it's an awful chapter. Yeah. This chapter is pretty bad, guys. Um, and I know we've said similar things before, but this chapter is absolutely nothing happens. Um, and he pretty much just describes what Beleriand looks like, right? What this section of Middle Earth It's is. a map, but in words. It is so just look at a map. Very long. Don't read yeah. this. Look at a map. We will share one I with you. I don't understand how you could follow this without looking at a map i don't i don't know um because he doesn't necessarily orient the things he's talking about with the last thing he talked about yeah i had to like walk myself along the map when he's like traveling from north to south along this river on the right hand side is west Beleriand. i'm like that is the worst possible way to describe this because you're forcing yourself to orient yourself upside down that is not how maps work and there are these mountains that are also in this country and it's like but what but we were just talking about rivers if we could cover all of one thing that would be that would make far much more sense to me well i just really liked at one point how he was all this all of this and he described it in great deal is west valerian and then he's like on the other side is east (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah yep and okay there's some stuff that's true. It's like he gets bored and he's like, and I don't want to do this anymore. So on the other side is East Beleriand. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But then later on, I, I think he comes back to it. I don't even know. I don't even know. You know what? We will show you a map of where everybody sets up. Yeah. We will show you a map of where everybody sets up. And even like all the details are given, but really the point is just sort of like the Noldor are up north because... Thingle told them they have to plant themselves between him and um, Melkor. Morgoth. Yeah. We keep calling them interchangeably because I can't remember which name we're using. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the scheme of things, Beleriand 
I'm pretty sure only exists in like the first age of Middle Earth. Mm -hmm. And of the map that you are familiar with from Lord of the Rings, this is slightly more Northwestern, but some parts of the coastline might be vaguely familiar. It's mostly just like if you can find Arid Luin on the west side of a map that you got in the Northwest. Yeah, that's your eastern border of Beleriand. And that's all you get. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. we're never really shown on a map where um, Angband actually is, and I just had to look it up because I'm like, it's a I don't secret know, it's north layer. There's something, Rachel. but it's a secret it's like, layer. You can't <laughs> but reveal I keep where it is. I'm like, this map just cuts off before we get to the evil parts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's north. It's just there. Somewhere they, just, they didn't the actually know where it was. So, I guess um, of importance ish. In this chapter, we find out that Ungoliant has some mountains. We already knew that, but we're reminded of them. And that she has evil children. Yeah, Yeah, and people don't like walking through there, which is fair. That is relatable. And then, um, as we sort of briefly touched on last time, the two elves who were sent the dreams from Ulmo have set up their strongholds. So there's now three big hidden Elven strongholds, which is Nargothrond, which is an underground cave system, uh, Menegroth, which is an underground cave kingdom, but that's the one in the forest of Doriath, where Thingle and Melian live, and has the uh, Melian's girdle around it. So, like, Nargothrond is hidden, but people can come and go as at their will, not so much in Menegroth, and Gondolin is super hidden, nobody's allowed to leave, and nobody's allowed to enter. And it's um, near some water, and Ulmo helps keep it hidden. So yeah. that's sort of where... And was it... No, that's in the next chapter. That's in the next chapter. The only entertaining thing I found about this chapter, aside from being like, where the heck is everything, was the another casual reference of like an island in the middle of a river to the east where it's like, oh yeah, after... Uh, it's like, Baron and Luthien live here once they've returned. <laughs> Just another of those mentions to this story that everyone in world is supposed to know, but we don't yet. It's true. Yeah. We know very little in the scheme of things. No, I just think it's funny that we're reminded of so many elves living in caves um, and underground when I feel like the dwarves get a really hard time for living underground um, and being, you know, rock people. But when the elves do it, it's glamping. They're the ultimate when the hipsters. Elves do it. It's beautiful. When the dwarves do it, it's greedy. It's Art Deco. (laughs) (laughs) So that doesn't sound kind of racist at all. (laughs) Just a little bit. We'll we'll get to that in lots and lots and lots of depth, I'm sure. You know, one thing that also I did think was interesting, it does mention that Morgoth um, or somebody or other... It doesn't matter who set up, like, some watches on the ocean in case Morgoth ever set up, like, a boat army. A boat army. A naval (laughs) army. Yeah, you're good with words. (laughs) We're good at words, guys. Yeah. (laughs) A naval army. Do you mean perhaps a navy? (laughs) Is that what you're going for? Look, I live in Canada. (laughs) We don't have armies here. You have Mounties. (laughs) Okay, that's a police force. And A, I am joking. We do have the Canadian Armed Forces. I'm just... I don't you have do. the you knowledge have of it army. that I presume Americans are just born with. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. But it 
the point is <laughs> that it goes on to say that Morgoth never ever goes to the ocean. He doesn't like it. He's none of his servants will step foot in it, which I think is pointed because that's you know that's where Iluvatar's song still is, right in the ocean. That's true. That's good point. I was just thinking of them oh, no. all as cats. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was another line where, like, it mentions something about not going from Doriath because of Thingol, and I was like, actually, that's because of Melian. I think she's in charge there, but whatever. Never gets the credit she's due. No, I was gonna say, but she's not a man, so she has little power over other people. Does anybody else have anything about Chapter 14? Nope, no, pretty sure that's it. <laughs> just in case you're not reading along out there, like, literally, it just describes places. We are not... We're not leaving out. We're not any exaggerating. Plot, it's or even any describes the flow of the like rivers. This place, yeah, it's just where they're living. We will have a picture of a map. I have a very good one from my atlas here that like circles where everybody is and has their names and stuff, and it's it's good. We'll link a couple of different maps. So, so then we're 15. on yeah, chapter fifteen of the Noldor in Beleriand. So now. The people who actually make stuff happen. Yes. We have some shit happen from some man piss babies. I was going to say, it's the Noldor, so they got to fuck shit up. The characters of Chapter 15, there are a lot of them. But we're going to start with Turgon, who does really good work in this chapter. He is um, a son of Fingolfin um, and brother to Fingon um, and, you know, so forth and so on. He has a lot of brothers. But... Um, he's the one who builds the city of Gondolin, which is a prominent part of what happens in this chapter. He has a daughter named Idril, but of course, everybody calls her Celebrindle, because why Kele wouldn't you? The um, one thing I know about pronunciation is Caesar always hard. Yeah, it's Celebrindle. No, it's not! Okay, Celebrindle. <laughs> that's that's not how this language works. Okay. Um, anyway, she's very beautiful, which is why they give her this... New name, I guess. I don't know. She looks like one of the other trees that existed before Morgoth came and destroyed them. Either the gold tree or the silver tree. I can't remember which one, but she has tree semblance. She there. has golden hair like the tree. Yep. Galadriel is also featured in this chapter. Um, she's the daughter of Finarfin. We know her from Lord of the Rings. Um, she is, spends a lot of time talking to Melian, who will talk to in a bit. And then the sons of Finarfin, um, mostly Finrod, show up in this chapter. Um, there's also Angrod, but I don't remember him doing as much. He was just also there. At He's the, just there. The dinner. These are the, these are the piss babies that Caitlin doesn't like. Yeah. Everybody gets whiny. Anyway, then we have the Sindar. We have Melian, who's um, the mayor Oh, God. Meyer. I can't pronounce things. Uh, Thingol's wife. Um, you remember her from ages ago. The first one to die slash not die. And then she came back. Um, she hangs out a lot in this chapter and talks to Galadriel and then gives advice that people ignore because that's just what happens. Um, Thingol is the king of Doriath. And then we have uh, Círdan, who's the lord of the heaven. Um, havens. Havens. Whatever. Boats. Boats, Boats, not sky. <laughs> I don't get it. He's, I don't think he's going to last long, but whatever. That's just me. Um, 
humans don't actually exist in this chapter, but they do somehow manage to come up in this chapter uh, in that way that Tolkien makes happen. We have Hurin and Huar? Sure. Maybe. I'm not sure how you pronounce those, but I guess it doesn't really matter because they don't actually exist. Um, And then the Valar are briefly mentioned again. We have uh, Morgoth, who's the big bad villain of this whole world. And then we have Ulmo, who's the Valar of the sea. Um, And he totally breaks the rule that the Valar had going on about not getting involved um, in the Noldor or the humans. Uh, And he pretty much shows up wherever the hell he wants. Um, and gives advice, and he seems to still be pretty upset about Manway dumping him for a woman, you know, in the first two or three chapters there. Uh, but it's okay, because he makes new friends, and yeah, stuff happens in this chapter. Productive things. Who is doing the recap? I'll do the recap. <clears throat> Thanks, Caitlin. Let's hope I don't lose my voice. Okay, so in this chapter... Uh, it starts with Turgon setting up Gondolin. It takes him 52 years. I don't know why Tolkien landed on that very exact number. <laughs> but he did. Ulmo is very proud of him. And gives him sort of a, a prophecy about it. You know, he says, you know, I'll keep it safe. It'll be the last place to fall. But fall it will, because you are cursed. <laughs> and also, he tells him that somebody, like, Gondolin's the one where nobody leaves and nobody comes in. But he's like, somebody is going to come in at some point, and you are going to need to listen to this dude. So leave some armor here in this house for him. He will pick it up on his way in, and you that's how you are going to know who this is. I will Maybe say that's important later. It's at least more useful than Mandos just coming in like, hey, Doom. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Alma even says, like, I can't I can't break this curse. You are cursed. And yet not much so is then happening. Turgon yet. moves in. Yeah, not much is happening yet. Uh Turgon moves all of his folks into Gondolin. For some reason he was the last one. He was like, No, I want it all set up and pretty and the plumbing to be good before I move in. Well he also I, I got the impression yeah. that he was rounding people up and like making sure he didn't have any second guesses about who he wanted to invite inside. And then also the dramatic doors closing behind him. Right? It's all about the drama with the elves. I guess that's fair. Omo locked them all in. Uh, and it's mentioned that Turgon has a daughter, who he, uh, who's Idril. And she is mentioned because she's important later due to the men that are in her life, of course. God. Like, she herself, I don't think, ever does anything important. But she marries an important person and she has an important kid. And it's fucking stupid, but whatever. Yay. So then we <laughs> cut to Doria. So Melian and Galadriel are getting friendly. Read into that what you will. Um, <laughs> We're not that lucky. <laughs> eventually, Melian convinces Galadriel to spill the beans on why they have come over from... Valinor and Galadriel tells her everything, but you know, leaves out the kin slaying and the curse, which you know, that's fair. Um, <laughs> some bad shit happened. We didn't kill anybody. Nope. Uh, and then Melian and Thingol discuss this new information about the Noldor, and Thingol's just like, well, 
they're here to fight Morgoth, and this just means they will definitely fight him, so whatever. Uh, after that, Morgoth starts some rumors to stir up some bad feelings about the Noldor, and um, at this point, Finrod is visiting Doriath, because Gladriel is his sister, and she lives there, and so he's visiting when the rumors get to Thingol, and Thingol, like, calls them on it, like, you, you killed brother, basically, didn't they? I'm not, yeah, I'm not insane, right? They killed his brother. I think they I'm were pretty brothers. sure they killed his brother. I mean, because because Thingol was one of the ways, you know, like Finway and Olway mm-hmm. and Enway, Elway, whatever. He was one of them, and but he stayed, and his brother took over his people, who went, and they're the ship people who got all killed. Yes, they yep. killed his brother, and then Finrod is immediately like, "Look, it was all Feanor. He did it all. We didn't kill anybody, even though they did." And he just refuses to take any sort of blame on that one. And for some reason, Thingol's kind of like, well, okay. But Feanor's sons better watch themselves. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I, I would also blame everything on Feanor. It's true. I, sure, but Finrod still killed Thingol's people. Like, he participated in the kinslaying, and I thought this bit was bullshit. That he's like, look, we had to walk across the Hellcrax. We have paid. I'm like, you chose Did to walk you? across the Hellcrax. Yeah. That wasn't a punishment. <laughs> That's a little you different. You chose to participate in the kinslaying. This is not, you are not off the fucking hook. But then everybody yeah. is like, yeah, you're off the hook. I'm like, oh, fuck no. off. Like, you, you chose to walk across to get, you know, your revenge against this dude who wants to get revenge on Morgoth. And really, you're just going to disrupt everyone's lives. So far, I don't get the feeling that there's a sense of justice in this world at all. No. No, there... Well, I think Melian has a sense of justice, but nobody listens to her. (laughs) Anyways, in order to punish the Noldor, Thingol bans the language that they speak in Valinor, which is Quenya, uh, I believe. Um, and, And then so all the elves have to learn Sindar. Which it just, it's not talked about here, but it just occurred to me while I was reading that, that like literally a big plot of Lord of the Rings is the elves going back to Valinor, where they've never heard Sindarin. They all speak (laughs) Quenya there. So I was just like, well. So basically Galadriel's their only translator. Yeah. But anyways, um, Thingol like kicks Finrod and Angrod out of his, of Doriath, but like also says, you can come back later. So it's it's like the weakest kicking out ever. And then uh, Finrod is the one who set up Nargothrond. Yes. And then he sort of sets an oath, or I guess Gladriel visits him in Nargothrond at one point and asks him uh, why he doesn't have a lady. And the text is all... His, you know, the woman he was in love with stayed behind in Valinor because she wasn't an idiot. <laughs> um, but he's all, I will swear my own oath and nobody <laughs> and nothing I will make will, oh shoot, what is it? I'm just going to read it here. An oath I too shall swear and must be free to fulfill it and go into darkness, nor shall anything of my realm endure that a son should inherit. So really, he's just pissed that a woman dumped him. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, I will never have children. I'll never have anything. I will make nothing that can be passed on because 
this lady stayed in Balinor and didn't come with me, even though I was just complaining about how my life sucks. Like, just complaining. And that is why I hate Finrod. <laughs> Discussion. So, I guess, like, after everything that happened in Doriath, all the stuff that happened with setting up Gondolin seems kind of silly. Uh, but it is a, a little bit important. Yeah, this very much seems like the, another bit of the setup before we get more doom coming ahead. And this is my, my big discussion question was, um, who is best at foretelling doom? Because we've had Mandos, who just pretty much shows up and drops a one-liner of doom, and everyone just kind of ignores him because they don't know what it means yet. Um, then we've had um, Omo come up saying, hey, you're still doomed, but... I'll say some stuff, but also doom. You know, sort of giving more information, but also not ultimately helpful. And then we have Melian, who actually, like, is talking to someone who can kind of change things because he's not cursed. And talks about how, like, look, if we stay friends with these dudes, some shit's gonna go down. And no one listens to her. So, who's best and who's worst? So, I feel <laughs> like Olmo is the best at foretelling doom, but that Melian is, like, the most useful. Like, she puts her knowledge into action and tries to do things. It's not her fault that everyone around her sucks. It's her fault that she's a lady person. And all the men ignore her. Which, yep. it she's kind of is her fault, be because can't the Meyer just change their bodies? She could suddenly become a man and then people would be forced to listen to her. I don't know, it makes me sad. Like, I know that shouldn't be my argument, but from a, like, I just want people to listen point of view, my god. Well, she might be stuck now. We don't really know how often uh, Maiar can change themselves. From what we've seen uh, in other books, they have to die, and the Velar have to sort of send them back and be like, no, now you're this being Gandalf the Great <laughs> to Gandalf the White, which is a very small change, but it was a change. Either way, if she did change herself into a man, would Thingol keep her around at all, or is he too, um, too no homo? God. Oh. Anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> if you wonder, like, just the, the politics of it all, that she's, like, the only one in power who's, among the people we're talking about, who's not actually an elf... Yeah. And, you know, not only is she a lady person, but she's not one of them. She's literally a divine being, and people don't listen to her. Yeah. She's literally called Melian the Wise, and people are like, I don't know about your advice. I mean, look, they're all a bunch of piss babies. They're all a bunch of piss babies. Okay, just to answer your question, though, um, I agree with both of how you felt about who does Doom the best, but my favorite is still Mandos. Yeah. Because he just doesn't care what's going on or who's listening or whatever he just will say you know not the first death <laughs> and then everybody will ignore him <laughs> until they find the dead body that he is talking about yeah he knows the power of brevity yeah um and i just like imagine like a bell tolling or something every time <laughs> he talks you know <laughs> and, and everybody looking at him in silence for a second and then just going straight back to their conversation I'm just trying to look at what I sort of noted down here. I noted down a lot of Omo's speech because I liked it, but I don't know I did that too. it's important. No, in the scheme of things, it wasn't actually important. It was just... It was just good. I like that he came up with a good plan. He's like, somebody's going to come and foretell the doom of Gondolin. 
Listen to them, and this is how <laughs> you'll know to them. them. Yeah. Yeah, there and was he didn't some logic. just say, somebody will come. He was like, we'll leave this here, they will put it on, it's fine, you will recognize them. He was even practical enough to be like, this is about the size you need for your armor. I have a feeling, I have a feeling, they're not going to recognize him. I will say nothing. <laughs> Look, it's, it's the Noldor, they're all doomed anyway, and I have seen that image of, you know, all of the deaths in the book, and... Or you can get lots of post-it tags. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, when battles happen, a lot of people all die at once. It's true. All right. Oh, yeah, that was an important geography note we got, which is where that dude who died in battle, like, six chapters ago died. Denethor. Know, right? When it got to that bit, I was like, really? <laughs> like, he's been dead for chapters. But now we know exactly where he died. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I mean, Tolkien was like, oh, my God, I've, I've invented so many people. I can't name them anymore. I need to name places! Whoa! <laughs> yeah. This this does not stop him from naming people, though. No, but they come in slightly there are slower more paces. to come. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question. Do you think Galadriel should have kept her mouth shut? I mean... I said that very violently. I don't necessarily disagree with what she did, but do you think she kind of betrayed her people? I think it was gonna come out sooner yeah. or later. I don't you see the problem is I don't really care if she betrayed her people because obviously she should have just been honest with Melian. Melian is the wise one and everyone else yeah. is dicking around. But um Yeah, she chose the right person to tell, which usually doesn't happen. This is true. I do like to see the ladies sticking together. Mm hmm Especially since all the men are terrible. They really are. But I mean I I liked that. You know, Melian was basically like, look, I know something happened because I can't see it. And I know that means something really bad happened. Yeah. So. And I, I will say when it came to the kinslaying, she kept that back. Mm -hmm. And Melian was like, I know that there's more to this. And Gladriel is like, I'm not telling you. Like, she straight up just said, nope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least it's better than um, whoever we hate. Fin Finrod? Finrod? Yeah, Finrod. Finrod, for who was Throwing like, other fine. people under the bus for yeah. killing people. She just... I mean, and she didn't even kill anyone, right? I don't think she, Galadriel did. I think it's noted that she stayed art so, about... So she's still cursed, but, like, not quite as cursed. Less cursed. Curse adjacent? To be fair, she is, as far as I know, the one Noldor to survive the curse. Yeah. Or the one of that generation. There are younger ones that survive? I don't know. If other ones survive, we don't really hear about them. We only hear about the ones who die. <laughs> Sounds about right. I will, one of my, my favorite line in this whole chapter is when Melian is trying to advise Thingol not to trust the Noldor. And Thingol is like, look, they're going to fight Morgoth. That's what we need. Which I actually kind of think Thingol has a point, but he could be a little more smarter. Uh, but anyways, then Melian says... He just, um, he thinks that means that they won't do anything or interfere with him at all. And that's just naivety. Yeah. Um, so Melian says their swords and their council shall have two edges. And I really like I that I like line. that line a lot. That could definitely go on an inspirational cat poster. Because <laughs> that, that's what Melian is A cat <laughs> An inspirational cat At least she's treated like one Pretty much Like, Oh god I was just going to make a petting joke <laughs> Nope Nope Glad you stopped yourself let's, let's walk away now And the line in which I really hated uh, Finrod and Angrod when they were trying to 
you know, deflect all the blame off themselves was, wherefore should we that endured the grinding ice bear the name of kinslayers and traitors? And I'm like, because you were kinslayers and traitors, you asshole. Just because you showed some loyalty after that, which actually is really because you didn't want to, you know, face the music there. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I hate them. Yeah. Arguably, there's even more stupid because they kind of have had several chances to turn back and they weren't directly, you know, with Feanor just hurtling ahead. It's like, you you really, truly trudged along so much farther than you needed to with this thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I don't know, I'm, in the way that I put a lot of character into Feanor and Maedros and Fingen, I am putting a lot of character into these people, but just from what I can read here, I don't think they were that upset about getting to finally kill some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized as I was looking at this chapter, um, it's not about drinking it, but it might be, I haven't noticed any others before, our first mention of alcohol. Oh, hey! Because we had, um, wait, I've just remembered. What? There's a line where somebody talks about horses that they brought from Valinor. Oh, yeah, there are horses and they breed a bunch. And uh, in one of the northern places, they're able to ride a lot of horses. Yes. I I don't remember if this was chapter. I think it was in the the map. It was in the map chapter. Right, and it's mentioned that Maedros has all these horses that they brought from Valinor. And A, like, there was no room for Fingolfin, but there was room for their horses. What the <laughs> fuck? And B, Sounds about right. just in our continuing, like, what is the wildlife situation in Valinor, I wanted to bring up the horses. Yes, there were some horses. And now they ride them. Yep. But yeah, we had... um Finrod talking about, <clears throat> guiltless we came forth, save, save maybe a folly to listen to the words of fell Feanor, and become as if besotted with wine, and as briefly. So basically, Feanor's like a terrible jug of wine and a bad hangover. <laughs> Accurate. Um, I can see where maybe, like, they definitely got caught up in the mob mentality, but that doesn't mean they didn't do the shit they did. Right, they did the shit, and then, again, they, these yeah, guys could have turned it. back and begged for something. But no, they just, they, that was their decision. They yeah. can't blame Feanor for trudging across that stupid ice bridge. Literally, Feanor tried to leave them behind. Like, he tried really hard to leave them behind. <laughs> and they were like, we will not be left behind. Probably because that means we'd have to face responsibility for what just happened. God. Oh, bros. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I hate Finrod. Not to be confused with Fingen, who's fabulous. <laughs> it's confusing. I'm confused all the time with these names. So many Finns. Not to be confused with Finnish people from Finland. Yes. <laughs> that wasn't really my problem, but I'm glad we cleared that <laughs> yeah, up. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was not. I, I, I was, yeah. I'm, I am glad we cleared that up. Anyway, yeah. Finn... Finarfin and Fin Golin or whatever and Finrod and Fingol and I'm sure there are more. Alright, so this has been really short, but I think we're done. <laughs> like Yeah, we we really have nothing. <laughs> next week's chapters are chapter sixteen of Meglin and chapter seventeen of The Coming of Men into the West. 
All right, that sounds like stuff that happens. Um, Fun stuff. Is there too, is there too much to do together, or should we do them separate? You know, I haven't really looked. I, like neither of them are like two page chapters, but I don't know if that means anything. See, yeah, that's the thing. The map chapter was long. But I know happened. definitely after these two, we're gonna not want to do two together, like eighteen and nineteen. <laughs> oh, I just looked at the chapter title for eighteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spoilers. You know what? Let's do the next two together. Okay. All right. Yeah, because you know what? This chapter or this episode was really short. So if the next episode's a little long, that sort of evens out. Yep. Ish. All right. So 16 and 17 it is. Then 18. Then, yeah, then singles. Okay. So um, we have a Twitter where you can tweet at us. At to read Tolkien. Thank you. We have an email, which is uh, you want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. And if you are ever, like, we keep a lot of resources in our show notes, which you can access from your podcast listening program of choice. But it is also on our website at youwanttoreadtolkien.com. And I think that's it. Yeah. Go forth and look at maps. Yeah. Sorry that this one was kind of boring. Thanks <laughs> at least for it listening. made sense. <laughs> This is true. We weren't like some elf moved over here and another elf moved over there and some elf over there. <laughs> it could have been worse. Anyway, is all I'm yeah. saying. We just accepted that the yes. land will be there and stuff such will is life. is the new tagline for our podcast. <laughs> so you want to read Tolkien, it could have been worse. Yeah, wait, is today, note, is today like read Tolkien day or something? Yeah, it's like Tolkien I, reading day or something. Yeah. Why? Exactly. Like, okay, maybe we are being very, or at least I am because this podcast was my idea, um, hypocritical. But, like, nobody needs to be encouraged to read Tolkien. He is super popular. You know? like just Well, just, like, to need uh, one day, only one day you're going to encourage people to read Tolkien. Also, just like society, to have one day for one specific, already successful white man. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. What are we doing? Anyway, I saw that on the internet and I was like, wait, really? Why? What are we doing? I looked it up to see if this day was like a anniversary of anything. It's not. Just the Tolkien Society chose it. Done and done. They should pick today. Anyway, we're here to do the opposite. We're here to tell you to not read Tolkien. Specifically, don't read chapter 14 of the Silmarillion. If you can help it, don't do it. Save yourself. Don't be us. It was real boring. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I skimmed. I was just like, yep, okay, they're there, the map, okay, I got you. Yeah, at first I tried, and then I was just like, this isn't, no, 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 no. It's not worth it. Don't, don't waste the hours of your life on descriptions of rivers. All masculine. It got real confusing because Tolkien's talking about people and where they are, and then he's calling all of the rivers he's. And I legitimately was like, can you please call them it's for once? Because then I could specify place from person. But no, <laughs> stupid rivers. <sighs> anyway, we are actually done with the podcast now. We're done for real now. <laughs> okay. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I'm Emmy. Thanks for joining us tonight. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.